We are in a series called The Comeback. How many of you have been enjoying this series so far, man? Woo! It's been good. It's been good. You know, the thing I love about a comeback is anybody can have a comeback. And all of us at some point need a comeback. Pastor Bubba shared in week one about our common comeback and how everybody can have a comeback. Last week I preached on when the rooster crows and, and how God takes our failures and, and uses those and that our comeback really is birthed out of our failures. And so how many, how many people have had some failures in your life before? Anybody? Yeah. You know, I, that's what I love because, you know, when you walk into church today, <clears throat> some people, some people walked into those doors today and you were at a hundred percent. I mean, you were just like overflowing. Life is good. All is well. Your soul is doing great. I mean, you're so full of Jesus. Like you're praying for people in the lobby. I mean, that's, that's some of you. You're just full of life. Do I got any hundred percenters in here? Anybody? We got a couple of them. Nobody. Okay, one. one is like, I am. So that's all right. Don't be ashamed. It's okay to be 100%. And then we had some that walked in at 5%. We had some walk in at 5%. Some of you may, may have been there where you just life's blindsided you. You don't, you don't know where God is. You don't even know where you are. You're at our Savior's Church, by the way. Um, just life is going crazy. And, and, and the fact that you made it to church today is actually a miracle that you got here, but you're here. And, uh, and come on, anybody at a five or 10% in here, you don't have to raise your hand. Um, but I I know what it's like to walk through life at 10%. I know, I know exactly what it's like to walk through life with hurt, pain. You don't know what's going on. And and what I love about the church, here's the great thing about the church should be is that we don't have to come to church and always be at a hundred percent. That's the great thing. You can come to church at 2%, 12%, 25%. But because the great thing is we all gather around the person who's always at 100%. And his name's Jesus. And so... Okay. So, yeah. So, so that's... So whether you walked in at 3% today or you walked in at 98% today, I'm glad you're here today because we're going to celebrate... Jesus, who's at 100% today. And, and you know, the Bible says for us to, to weep with those who weep and to rejoice with those who rejoice. And for some of you that are at 3%, to, to be around somebody who's at 98%, let's be honest, it's kind of hard, isn't it? Let's be honest. Is it hard to be around somebody who's at 98% and you're at 3 But the Bible says for us to rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Man, I'm I'm excited for you. I'm glad your marriage is doing great. I'm glad things are going well. That's where I like to be. But then it also says for us to weep with those who weep. That those that are at 98%, that you come alongside those that are at 12% and say, I've been there. I know what that's like. Come on, let's let's get that number up. Let's let's go there. You know, uh, when... Joel got diagnosed, our youngest son got diagnosed with a, a rare disease. The very first day, January 2nd, 2013, um, I know that day, and we, we took off to Lake Charles and, and, and had this majorly just terrible report that our son was in cardiac failure. I remember my mom walked into the, to the ICU room, and she handed me a card, and it was a little, little four-by-six index card, and she said, your grandmother wants you to have this. I mean, you know, when grandma wants you to have something, you say, yes, ma'am, I got it. And I opened up the card and I actually, I still carry it to this day in my Bible right here. And on this card, in the midst of a 3% moment for us, our world turned upside down. 
I, I put the scripture in there. Can we throw that on the screen? This is what this card says. And she actually took the word I out and she wrote the name Joel. And so it said, Joel will not die, but live and declare what the Lord has done. And that was on this card. Yeah. And he's our little walking miracle right now. But I, I bring that up because that's not just a verse, I believe, for Joel. That's a verse that I think speaks for what you're about to hear in just a minute. Because every single one of these people had an opportunity for them to either physically die because of some of their decisions they've made or their marriages die or relationships in their life die. But God gave them a comeback, but not their comeback was not for them. Their comeback was actually so they could declare what the Lord had done. And so today, these people are going to be brave enough to share their stories with you to share what the Lord has done. Now, there's a lot of failures in these stories. And, and how many of you know the enemy wants to keep you in shame for you not to share those stories? But you know what? Jesus took the shame. So that sting is gone. And so now what the enemy has meant for harm and to destroy us and to paralyze us in fear, God turns around, gives us a comeback, and now we declare what the Lord has done. And that gives hope to hopefully many of you in this place. So at this moment, would you go ahead and give some, some upfront encouragement for Billy Knight and Jesse and Reese Stutes. Come on, Billy and Jesse and Reese. Come on up. Come on, people. Let's give it to them before they come. Love you. Awesome. Great, 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 great to have you guys. Thank you. First off, just want to say um, how honored I am that that you would be uh, so bold and brave enough to, to share your stories. Thank you for, for doing that. Um, we're going to start with Reese and Jesse. If y'all don't know, this is Reese Stutes, Jesse Stutes. And uh, they have been married for how many years are we going on now? That's talking to, talking four and about. a half. Four and a half. Okay. So um, life is good right now. Yes, it is. Praise God. Yeah. But it wasn't always that way. You know. We know. Um, share with us just real quick about how you guys met up because <laughs> she's already laughing. Um, so we, we want to hear a little bit of how, how, how did, how did Jesse just sweep you off your feet? I mean, it's gotta be the bald head. Oh, it, be. it was awesome. We met in a bar. Yes. <laughs> we I was, was drinking Dr. Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we was, uh, just having a good old Saturday night to do at the bar you know and we exchanged numbers at the end of the night and actually we've been together ever since but it wasn't always great um we met and you know the courtingship is always hey shy oh my baby send me flowers buy me gifts oh yes he was a big romantic and he still is um (laughs) it was it was really nice. The first two years of courtingship was awesome. Um, what, what, Jesse, answer this. What made you fall in love with this woman? Well, about, let's see, what, 36 years ago, we came in each other's lives. Her um, daddy was married to my godmother. So I have a step-mother-in-law and godmother all at the same time. And... I was married to my second wife at the time, and she became friends with her, and she got remarried. And I mean, she got married, and I was married, and we haven't seen each other until 
like you said, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was God sent because I was single at the time. And I decided to go 11 o'clock at Walmart one night, and I seen a good friend of mine. Y'all might know him, Slim Bertrand. Drank many a beer together. He was at Tina's right there, and I said, what's Slim doing there so late? So I stopped by and sat in there, and I started talking to him. And then I seen her dancing alone, and I said, I know that woman. And uh, A.D. Young said, you wish you knew that woman. So I'm telling you, I know that woman. <laughs> and I stood there for about, about an hour and a half. And then when she came up to me, and I hollered Reese, and she knew me back then as Pappy, and then we've been together ever since. Awesome. And always back then there was something there and it just stayed there until till now yeah so Reese, share with us a little bit because you share the story of how you got connected here at the church because your son was coming here way before you were yes uh, because y'all both had marriages before y'all married each other yes both had kids Mm -hmm. before y'all met each other yes and so you have three i have four boys four boys and jesse has three boys and then one, no of them was, one of them was coming here. You don't yes. all come to the house to eat it one time. <laughs> <laughs> so share with us how you got connected here and, and what, a little bit of that story. My youngest son, Joshua, was attending. Um, and he used to always, he was always excited to come, always excited to come. And he used to ask me every Sunday, well, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Mama, you coming with me? You come? And I always had an excuse. Like always, nobody wants to come to the house of God. Nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to be the, ooh, the Christian or the godly man, whatever. Um, but one Sunday, I, ha- I ran out of, one Saturday night, I ran out of excuses. So I said, all right, Josh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Well, so we got up and we came and he was just glowing. He walked in here and introduced me to everybody. And I was like, okay, Joshua, that's enough. And I was just wanting to walk through that door right there and just sit down and not talk to nobody. You know, first come or just keep your head down. Um, actually, yes, yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, but he introduced me here and I did the next step. I got connected and I started attending on my own. I got connected in prayer groups. Um, I did outreaches in the church. I went to um, devotions. Uh, a group of nine, three other ladies from the church went to see Beth Moore. Um, I was just real active. And what you didn't know was that was setting you up for some stuff that was about to come your way. Yes. So... There started kind of having some rumbling that happened with your boys. Your boys were starting to share things with you about about Jesse. Yes. That why don't you share a little bit about that and, and kind of how um, that began to start happening. My boys and Jesse weren't always close. They weren't always son and stepfather relationship. They uh, they started disrespecting Jesse. And I, the peacemaker that I am, I would, Jesse would talk to me about it. And I, okay, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him. Well, I'd run to the boys and they would say their opinion. And I would, I'm going to talk to Jesse. I'm gonna, I just pushed both of them away instead of sitting all down and having a group session. And they started telling me um, of another relationship Jesse was having while we were married. And I told him, there's no way. It's whatever. It's just rumors. It's just talk. Because he's a very 
open spirit. He he's uh, very Cajun. It's oh hi bay. You know he's very. Um, and I just I was in denial, and I didn't want no one to take my husband. I mean he was for me. Yeah. Um, and I told him I said, look, y'all don't come to me no more with this unless y'all can prove this to me. Do not. Because it's all rumors. People's going to talk. People will always talk. And it's Satan that is trying to do this to mm. Jesse and I. And I explained it to Josh. I said, Joshua, you of all people know how Satan works. No. Because my walk is strengthening. There's nothing. Well, wow. So, unfortunately. It was true. Um, but I'm not going to place... All the blame on Jesse walking away, just on Jesse, because as a wife and as a godly wife, I was not doing my part as standing by my husband, and I took for my children. So I went through, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I spoke with Miss Tracy. I went through. A class that she led helped me to understand, as a godly wife, as a Christian wife, what I was supposed to do with my husband. Well, I started doing these things, and I could see a little change, but I could still feel the hatred and everything else in the house. Well, it just came to a point to where I told my children just to go. Just to go, I will fight this on my own. Well, it came to the part that there was no more love between Jesse and I. It had dwindled away. I I never gave up, though. I followed what he wanted. I left, my children and I. Um, so let me ask you this, Jesse. So... You covered up for a while, covered up for a while, covered up for a while. What was it like when you, it kind of came out? You know, it just, you know, when you got teenage kids that wants to whoop your butt and they get mad at you because they can't obey a few rules, regulations, I call it rules and regulations. It's just, you know, chores and stuff. And she would cover up for them and she wouldn't talk to them and, you know, and why am I here? You know, it's just if you, you know, I understand it's your kids. They're teenagers. They're grown men, almost grown men. And they pushed me a couple of times, and, and I had enough. And I just told her, I said, look, I can't do this anymore. And, yeah, I've, yeah, I did. I fell on somebody else's shoulders. And seemed like I felt like I was again to be loved again and to be number one again. And... I just finally, I had enough one day. I said, y'all got to go. I can't take this no more. Yeah. And then you fast forward a little bit. Um, you guys actually end up getting back together. Yes. Right? Yes. And, but this time, there's a, a lot of trust that's been broken, of course. Mm -hmm. And there's some anger and resentment on, on your end, Reese. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you... What happens in that stage? You come back, trying to work things back, and then you I find out. 
I didn't let go any of it, and I just, the anger just stayed, and I constantly ate and ate and ate after him because I felt like I wanted to know everything, which I didn't need to know. I already knew. But to me, it was like I needed to hear it come out of his mouth for me to be okay with things. Um, And then through all of my anger and hurt, he... He had had enough, and we had just parted ways. We, it wasn't going to work. That was it. We, I was done. When I walked out of the house, I said, God. In fact, I told a few church members here. I went straight to them, and I told them, I said, the only way I'm taking this man back is if God slaps him upside the head, and he has awakening. <laughs> well, that goes. So, okay. So, that, so fast forward. You're living on your own now. Yes. Um, kind of distance from God too. You kind of went yes, on your own. Yes, I walked own. away. I was. I got angry because to me, I had done everything that I thought would save my marriage, would save, get my husband in church, have him saved, have him walk with me, and with God, also, with God and with me also. And I just I held on to so much anger that I just quit coming. All together, dropped all communication with the pastors, with a lot of the people that were like my family. I just ignored them. And then you also went to another man as well. Yes. I also went to another man. I lived with him for a month, and I just went rock bottom. And and then we we now have a time where, Jesse, you're going to get some news. So talk with us a little bit about kind of what happens in that season. She's gone. She's with a different man. And then you've got to go and do some tests. Yeah. Um, men get older. We have urinary tract problems. And I um, went to the doctor, and he did a bladder scan. And he said, I, there's something on the scan I don't like. He said, I want you to come to Lake Charles to the office, and we're going to check some more. Okay, didn't worry, worry about it. A couple of weeks went by, he calls me. I oh, will go to my appointment. And I was diagnosed with early, skate, uh, early stage of prostate cancer. Well, that was a slap in the face by myself. Wasn't seeing anybody. Well, I'll call her about it. Well, just keep me in touch. Hmm. Okay, that's how you feel. Well, I go through it, and it gets a little rough. I go through the first round of chemo, and it's like, oh, God, I don't pray, I don't, I don't pray for anybody to have to go through that. But um, she wouldn't call him. I was trying to call her, and I've even texted her a couple times on her phone, and he had the phone, and ooh, he didn't like what I had to say, and he came back with some rude stuff. and Anyhow, and then I fell rock bottom, and I started praying, and I started coming to church. She wasn't coming to church. I started coming to church. And I felt God for the first time in my life. And I'm trying to get her back. Well, God answered prayers. He left her. No matter what, I was, I was going to get my wife back. Him or not, I was going to get my wife back. And get her back in the church. And we got back together. Well, we started seeing each other. I was 
in August. I was at home. She was at the other house where she was living. And we went, started doing a little marriage counseling. And I got rebaptized, got baptized in Jesus Christ. Which actually, I think, we have a photo of that, I think. Yeah, one of his, uh, his baptism. I believe we do. <laughs> Look at that. Come on. <laughs> awesome. And then she, awesome, awesome. she came back to church, and then we're here today. And it's stronger than ever. And awesome. we're not going to work. Well, and how's the cancer? Remission. All gone. Awesome. Never, never prayed so hard in my life. But I, I doctor, bet you last have. time I went, doctor said, I don't know what you're doing, but it's... It's almost not gone. He said, finish up your pills. And I did. And I said, I said thanks to Jesus Christ. Come on. I mean, I Amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, it's, a, it's incredible how you see the comeback of, of a wife that's praying for you, uh, gets hurt, leaves, and then how God brings a comeback to you to now you fight for her. And, and to see that happen, and then now both of y'all where y'all are. And we did a four-year anniversary renewal of vows. And not only did y'all do a renewal of vows, we did covenant vows. Which, if you don't know what covenant vows are, it's a whole nother level of vows. So, awesome. Come on, give it up for them. That's incredible. Praise God. So, Billy is... Oh, yeah. Y'all don't have more? It's coming. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, Billy's a good friend of mine, and uh, I think he's a friend to probably everybody in this room. Um, I, <laughs> I asked him just a minute ago. We were talking about different things. He said, I think I drink with everybody in this room at some point. Um, so, but Billy, you got a little... <laughs> Shane's raising his hand. <laughs> I was one of them. He's got history. <laughs> But Billy, give us a little bit of your childhood. I know, uh, I mean, if anybody knows Billy for the most, you know, like I was talking about the 100%, Billy's always at 100%, it seems like, at least energy level. Um, I, yeah, if Billy drops down and has a bad day, it's like 96. Um, <laughs> I mean, it really is. Anybody that knows Billy, Billy's got a heart of gold and, and uh, your story is amazing. And it, it really is the grace of God. But your childhood, I mean, you had a great childhood. Wonderful childhood. Uh, yeah. Your parents are here. Amazing parents. Right over there. Yeah. I shouldn't have. Uh... Man. But you were, you were, uh, you were a skateboarder. Skateboarder. Right. Punk, punk rock. Punk rock. Power, the whole nine. Adrenaline. Know? Adrenaline junkie. Uh, very rebellious kid. I uh, had a silver spoon in my mouth and I spit that out. And, uh. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, living on the edge. Uh, if I wasn't about to die, I wasn't having fun. That's kind of like the way I lived. Yeah. You know, I got I got addicted to the drilling. That was before drugs. Uh, at 12, I tried pot, but it didn't really take off right there. And then the rest of high school was a lot of drinking, a lot of uh, recreational LSD, ecstasy, things like that. Uh, but it, it still wasn't a problem. And uh, it wasn't until I got to Houston, Texas that... Uh, yeah, so you graduate high school. Yeah. You go to college in Houston. 
and you go, you just take it to another level. Well, not only that, I couldn't, you know, when you live with a, a father like mine, uh, you're kind of under the public eye constantly, and uh, I hit it very well. The people, I mean, people knew I liked to have a good time, but I couldn't fully go pro until I <laughs> right. you know, got out of under the roof. You know, mom, mom could see right through, you know, all that. She's uh, like moms do. Well, and not only that, she got born again, and uh, she started going to a full gospel church. I grew up in Methodist church, and uh, she was going to Abundant Life in Lake Charles. And uh, when I was like 12 or 13, she forced me to go because she could, she could see she could see where this was going, you know. And uh, I went to that church. It was massive. People were falling in the spirit and speaking in tongues, and I, I was I was scared out of my mind. I yeah. said, "If that's God, I don't want anything to do with it." Hmm. So I, I bucked mom real hard on that, uh, and I was looking for an excuse, which we often do, to justify our, our way of life, and uh, and I, I found it. I mean, I had to do what they said. I was under their roof, but like when you said, you, when, I, when you got yeah, out, you are young. <laughs> yeah. I get to Houston, and uh, the Art Institute of Houston, and um, I was in the music and video business, and then I met musicians and uh, artists, interior decorators, and... Uh, <laughs> That's an eclectic group, and they also they know how to party. Like they 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 introduced me to things that I didn't know were possible. Uh, so that was the first little taste. And like you said, I do everything 100. percent You know uh, that adrenaline that I felt, and I broke a lot of bones. I've had concussions. Uh, that that pushing yourself, that adrenaline. Yeah, I found it in drugs, and uh, and you didn't have to hurt yourself, to right? And I could sit on the couch, and I didn't have the bruises and the, <laughs> and the injuries, so I was like, well, "This is awesome! This is awesome!" Uh, I had to leave Houston; that was a bit too much for me. I mean, a small town boy, big city. Transferred to LSU, and then uh, you know, spent all dad's money. Uh, majored in fun. Majored in fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every semester, I'd had 17, 20 hours. I'd always drop down to eight. 12. Uh, I was there for a while before they even asked to look at my transcripts. Uh, one time I made the uh, banner roll, I think it was, and, and made the local paper. Mom was all happy. She put my article on her refrigerator. I didn't have the heart to tell her. It was like library science and <laughs> some other thing, you know. It was all just complete BS. But anyway, uh, so LSU is when I really, really, you know, I got, I got out from under their eye and uh, I went really hard. That's when I started doing the hard drugs, uh, cocaine. Uh, later on, when I went to treatment, I found out everybody has a drug of choice. Um, my drug of choice was a lot and more. Like it really didn't matter what it was. If it altered my state of being, uh, I was in. You know. Yeah. So then you went to the Marines. Yeah, uh, it was either rehab or Marine. And at that time, I still didn't want to come clean with my folks. Uh, I, I still didn't want to tarnished my dad's image. I was more worried about my dad's image than my mom because, uh, you know, you just didn't want to come clean. A lot of us just hide. And uh, I said, well, let's, you know, I can't do rehab. I don't want to say I'm all jacked up, you know. So I joined the Marine Corps, which was a rehab. <laughs> and uh, throughout the Marine Corps, I, I quit doing drugs, but, you know, I thought I was a pretty good drinker, but uh, they they made me a pro drinker. I, uh, that, mm. that was acceptable, so we drank a lot, traveled all over the world, uh, drinking a lot. And uh, I, I'm thankful for the Marine Corps because it uh, gave me those moments of clarity. Because uh, at the pace I was going, 
uh, probably would have been dead. Mm. Probably would have been dead real soon. So, so you get out of the Marine Corps, come back home, and you meet a lovely woman. Return to start. That's right. Yeah. And so you and Melissa get married. Yeah, which I said I would never do. Remember uh, yep. last Sunday you said, I'll never come back to Jenny's. Yeah. Anyway, I moved <laughs> back to home. I moved to Lafayette uh, after the Marine Corps. Met uh, Melissa, my uh, my angel, my wife. Uh, she truly is an angel. I never, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her and uh, and her prayers and my mom. I don't know why she didn't leave me a hundred and sixty times, but uh, she stayed with me. And uh, you guys moved to South Carolina. Moved to South Carolina while I was in the Marine Corps. I had a son out of wedlock and. Uh, he was living in Wilmington. I was working for a company. They offered me a job in Charleston, South Carolina. I'd be closer to my son. And uh, we moved up there. And that's when it really got bad. Uh, in a different state, different area. Uh, that's when the peel started, the opiates and the, uh, the stealing, the lying, the cheating. Uh, it all led me to, to heroin. And uh, really, uh, my great pill uh, doctor friend says, man, you spend a lot of money here. You know, you ought to just try heroin. I was like, I've never seen heroin. He goes, I just happen to know where to find it. Hmm. So uh, that was a great thing there. Not, um, it was, uh, my wife didn't know about any of this. I had a daughter and uh, things were going awful there. I uh, wrecked my company truck. It was all starting to get in the open. I thought I hit it well, but then things started just snowballing. Yeah. Everything I touched was bad. I was woken up behind the wheel of a work truck. Uh, cops brought me in, you know. Uh, that's when everyone, even the even my employers at the time were like, you know, just they wanted me to come clean, you know, just come clean. Just tell us you have a problem. I think they would have even maybe paid for treatment or something like that, you know. But yeah. I was still stubborn. Yeah. Still just didn't want to say anything. So, so you we, finally, you come back home. Yeah. And it doesn't get better. No. Uh, I come back home and it, it's, like I said, it was out of control. My life was in turmoil. I, uh, I got caught with my daughter in the back seat asleep, two years old. Uh, in a place where I shouldn't have been and uh, I was scoring drugs and at that moment when I was arrested I finally realized I had a problem uh, <laughs> I shouldn't say that but I actually wanted help my wife left me uh, you would think that that would have made me stop but it didn't. I continued to use. But at that point, I actually, a good friend of mine, Amy Touchet, told me about OSC. And I came here because I had nothing, nothing at all. Uh, smoking crack, just anything. Like, it didn't matter. I was, I was a true-to-life junkie. I come to OSC and uh, met Pastor Bubba. And uh, he started talking about smoking weed and doing drugs in his sermon. And I said, wow, you know, I might be able to come to church here. 
And uh, my kind of pastor. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was still I was still using and uh, still I, I was really more serious about uh, getting my wife back and my family back than than uh, actually surrendering to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but I met some really good people in the process. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mikey Jordell, who I love dearly. I don't know if he's here. He's coming later. I have a lot of great friends uh, that have helped me throughout the way. I continue to get in trouble, continue to get DUIs and things like that. It, it's it's the little things I was hanging on to. You said the, the, the your secrets, your secrets yeah. will haunt you forever. And uh, every time I try to, I'll, I'll quit this and I'll do something else and do something else. Uh, it always snowballed. Ended up getting arrested. I've made the paper. I mean, I think I've been pretty open about how bad my life has been. But uh, when I got serious about the Lord. So talk, talk about that. Talk about yeah. what, what was the turning point? Because, I mean, I, you know, in this room, we've probably got a lot of people that maybe where you are, um, maybe are in the season where they don't want to kind of share that they had a problem. I mean, what yeah. was it, kind of the breaking moment where you just said, you know what, i got to get serious about this? And I, I started losing. I've lost a lot of friends to overdose, suicide, everything around me. And at one point when I first started coming here, I would make altar calls, and I thought I was good enough. You know, I, I felt Jesus for the first time. I said, I'm going to start witnessing to my friends. And then I'd end up in these, <laughs> these places where they, were, where they were using, of course, and I'm I wasn't as strong as I thought I could be, so I start using again, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I really had to change my people, places, and uh, and surround myself with good people uh, because I'm not strong uh, enough. When, when I when I saw my daughter being taken away in that, and uh, they they called my mother, and, and I saw the shame in their eyes. I have family members that won't talk to me because I've wronged them. Uh, I'm mending that, trying to. Uh, it, the list could go on and on. I mean, I don't want to take up everybody's Sunday. We could sit here for a week. I can tell you, <laughs> just stupidity. And uh, and I'm not perfect. Uh, I still make mistakes. Uh, but as you listen to the Lord and you surrender to His grace, it becomes easier for you. Uh, addiction knows no economical or racial barriers. Mm. It's uh, I grew up not wanting anything. Wonderful family. Nobody in my family did drugs. Nobody at all. Uh, and I'm, I became a junkie, uh, full-fledged. But the Lord will give you strength. He will. I don't know if that, uh, anybody can believe that I'm saying this right now because I was a devout agnostic for a long time. Uh, but it was just evil. It was uh, When I surrendered to that grace and felt his warmth and and. and uh, it, my life has never been better. I still have moments. I'm not going to say it's all confetti falling from the heavens and, uh, you know, rainbows and butterflies. It's, it's not? It's really not. Uh, no. And I, like I said, I am not perfect. I'm very imperfect. I did not want to do this today. Uh, you know? Uh, yeah. I'm sure y'all, y'all were just pumped to be here. Uh, <laughs> But there's been a few instances lately where I just couldn't deny it. And you told a, st- a story of Peter and the crow. Yeah. And uh, the crow is definitely, I could definitely hear the crow lately. Uh, a few stories. Uh, 
a guy I hadn't seen for a long time. He was doing some fertilizing my, my mom's trees out front or something. He's like, you know, hey, Billy, you know, I got an employee that, uh, you know, he's, he's hooked on crack, can't stop. And, uh, man, I heard you were doing really well. And, I mean, what, what, can you talk to him? Can you talk? I said, man, I don't have any special powers. I said, uh, I can bring him to church with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about all I can do. And uh, there's been just an, an avalanche of, uh, of things where I just can't deny God working in my life. Mm-hmm. Just recently, I left the house and the wife started praying for me. She was, uh, don't know why. Well, we know why. Because the Lord was speaking to her. Knew, was, knew I was about to encounter something. I ran into an old friend of mine that we used to use pretty pretty heavily together. I hadn't seen in a while. And, uh, and he breaks everything out. But first, he, and, 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 uh, he had heroin with him. And I hadn't seen heroin since South Carolina. And the, the old Billy would have, uh, you know, let's go. You know, let's give this one more go. Uh, I, I was sickened by the sight of it. I was scared. I could see the pain that it had caused him. And I realized what what everybody was trying to do for me all those years. And uh, he was he was going through some things in his life. And uh, we sat and I prayed for him and we we cried together. And uh, I hope I hope he gets his life together. Uh, But it's not too late for anyone. Yeah. But you came home. Yeah. And you begin to. You didn't know that Melissa was praying uh, no. for you. No, I had no idea. So you came home and shared the story of having, having that encounter. Yeah. And then she realized why she was praying for you. That's correct. That's correct. And that, those are. And by the way, that happened week. last week, week. Last week, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, be- the beauty of what, what Jesus does when, when he when he saves us and rescues us is, is that he takes our ashes and he makes them beautiful. He rebuilds and restores and renews. And, and, uh, and last year you had the awesome privilege of doing something that you've been wanting to do for a long time No doubt. and probably the greatest day of a dad. And, no and what did you get to do? Uh, I got to baptize my daughter, pastor Josh. And got to baptize his daughter. Let me, last, uh, last year. So. <laughs> So what do you say, as we kind of wrap this up, to somebody, because there's going to be a lot of people who watch this online, and, and then all the people here in this room, who say, I've gone too far, it is too late, I've, I've done too much, there's just absolutely no way, I don't feel like God could ever forgive me, I don't feel like His grace, I, I, I don't deserve His grace, what, what, do you, what do you say to that? What do you say to them? Well, for a long time I felt... Uh... I just could tell you, I felt like a hypocrite. Even when I started to believe, I was like, I knew I was going to get high tomorrow. So why would I come in and ask for forgiveness when I know what I'm going to do tomorrow? You know, uh, so I felt like a hypocrite. What, what I want to say is, uh, you're not a hypocrite. Um, you can overcome. Uh, you can have grace, and you can beat this. Uh, you really can. Uh, a lot of a lot of times, addicts will feel they'll they'll go into a state of uh, guilt and shame, which leads to more using. And uh, sometimes we bring those that drama on in our lives because we can't. You almost search it. You seek it out. 
You know, I would, I would have fights with my wife so I could go use. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's almost your mind is uh, just smothered in evil. And I, I want you to know that it gets better. It, it keeps better. Come back. Uh, God, throughout stories in the Bible, God loves scumbags and, and people that are broken. You know, if we were all perfect, then uh, why would, we wouldn't need church or God or anything. Yeah. This place is filled with broken people. Yeah. And when you, when you get around people like uh, the OSC family, I love them so much. And we're all a bunch of broken people. Mm. Uh, with, and you see, you see it. You see change. So I challenge you to come try it. Come try it. Come check us out. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> come on, let's give it up for Jesse and Reese and Billy. <laughs> Guys, thank y'all so much. Thank y'all. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can be seated right there where you are, and I think it would only be right for us to extend an invitation for many of you that may have walked in where Billy and Reese and Jesse are. Maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's something that you've done. You know, the great news of the gospel is that you're you're never too far and it's never too late. As long as we'll be honest. It's the only thing, if you notice, it's the only thing that hindered each one of them getting their comeback sooner was being honest. And being honest requires humility. And God has ways of allowing us in our pride to continue until we're broken. And as you, I mean, you hear in Billy's story, you would, you would have thought he had been broken a lot of other times before, but it, it took countless times. And the great news of the gospel is that Jesus knows your failures. He knows your weaknesses. He knows where you blow it. And yet he still pursues and he still pursues and he still pursues and he still pursues. And all of these stories are comeback stories of God redeeming their families and redeeming their lives and taking their brokenness and their hurting. And how many know that God can take your pain and and your failures and make it a microphone? And now you get to stand up and as Psalms 118, 17 says, not die, but live and declare what the Lord has done. If there's anything that I can say today, look what the Lord has done. Billy's not that awesome. Jesse and Reese are not that awesome. Jesus is awesome. And Jesus is the only reason we get to come back. And that same comeback that was extended to them is extended to you today. And so I just want us, just right here where you are, can you just, can you bow your head? I just want to pray over you because I believe there's some people in here. Maybe, hey, maybe you're not strung out on drugs. Maybe there hasn't been 20 years of addiction. Maybe you haven't had an affair on your your spouse. But you know what? You've been running. You've been running. And you know you're not where you need to be. And the grace and love of Jesus in this moment is extending to you. And you can just feel God whispering, come home. Come home. Come home. If that's you in this place, today's the day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And today God is extending that grace to you. And if that's you in this place, you say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to come home. 
So hearing a story like this gives me hope to know that if God can do it for them, he can do it for me. If that's you all across this room, you want to know Jesus like they do. You want to be born again. You want to stop running. New heart, new life. If that's you all across this room, nobody looking around. Would you just raise your hand all across this room? Anybody? I see a hand there. Thank you. You, you, thank you, thank you. Over there. Anybody else? Yes, Jesus. We thank you for that. Come on, let's all just pray this together. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it. But you've given it to me freely. And today, I repent of my sins. I turn from my ways, my will. Thank you for taking my sins on the cross. Thank you for conquering death, hell, and the grave so that I don't have to go there. Today I turn to you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, let's give it up for what the Lord's done today.